So, you know, today we're going to look at, you know, who's going to carry on the truth? Who's going to show the next generation or the next person to them the love of Jesus? Who's going to see the kingdom of God come? And, you know, I'm so excited about this coming year. One reason in particular is our youth mission trips. I'm so excited that we're going to get this opportunity to take these young people abroad to some amazing countries for them to experience things that will actually have an impact on their lives um, in just a profound way like they did with me back in 2013 when I went off to Southeast Asia. And for us, you know, we want to be a people preparing to move forward, a people preparing to take on the baton from, you know, our parents and from those that are in some sort of influence over us. We want to be a people moving forward in the spirit of God. Um, Before we kind of get into today's session, I want us to go into twos and threes and ask ourselves these questions. Paul, could you put on the next slide? So we've got two questions. First of all, who do you have a close relationship and influence with? And if there was one thing you'd be most passionate to pass on to them, what would it be? So if you want to get into twos and threes now and ask each other these questions, be back in about three minutes. I'm just going to get maybe a few people to share the kind of things that they, um, they said. So I'm going to start over this side of the room. Could someone in that group kind of say maybe one thing that you wanted to pass on to someone you have influence or relationship with? Belief in Jesus? That's great. Someone maybe in this kind of area, one thing that you'd like to be most passionate to pass on. Same. Character. Yep, that's great. Uh, this part of the room. I'm looking at your mum. Faith. Yep, that's great. And you guys over here, spreading the word. Okay, cool. So, like, there we have this idea of this real passionate love that kind of parents in this congregation have for their children, for them to know Jesus. And in the same way that we feel about those things, whether it was passing on the faith or passing on something else, I want you to keep that emotion as we go through this talk today, that emotion of, I really want my, pers- my young person to have this. I really want my child to have this. I really want my friends to have this. And, you know, as we kind of go into the first part, next slide, please. I wanted to look at this idea of devotion to one another. As we start looking at this passage in verse 2, and we're looking today at Timothy 2, chapter 1, 1 to 7. Um, If you want to open your Bibles to that, so that's um, 2 Timothy, chapter 1, 1 to 7. As we start looking at this passage in verse 2, we see that Paul loves Timothy so, so much. He addresses him in this way. He goes, my dear son, or in other translations, he goes, my beloved child. Now, remember, Paul isn't Timothy's biological father. He's not his stepfather. He's no actual relation to Timothy as far as we know. But as we go on to that, you know, in this, we have this whole idea of just being totally um, just amazed by this love that Paul has for Timothy. He's like, come on, Timothy. I love you. I love you. I love you. How many people in this room have someone like that in their lives that we just absolutely love? Put your hands up nice and high. Someone you really love and adore. So keep that emotion in mind. Someone that you really are passionate about. And in verse 3, it says, night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. And then he reminds Timothy of the last time they met each other. He said, I remembered your tears. I love you so much. And Paul also has this massive kind of juxtaposition of emotion of, but I'm so happy that I'm going to see you again. I'm so joyful that we're going to be reunited. There is that deep, affectionate love. 
It's deep, devoted relationship. And there's a few people in my life that, you know, I have this with, um, even though they're not much younger than me. I remember recently meeting up with a couple of friends up in Leicester Square. We were having some food together. We used to work and kind of do youth work alongside each other in Essex. And, you know, during those years, we saw some amazing stuff happen. We saw young people that had no church background come to know Jesus, have their lives restored. We saw people baptized. We saw people healed. But at the same time, you know, we saw real heartache. We saw young people who had been stabbed. We saw young people who had lost, you know, loved ones. We had seen this whole idea of this whole broad life of this really hurts, but there's so much joy in it. And just to be with those two guys again and just to, you know, talk about what's going on now, what's happening in our current situation that was just really special. And then, you know, the end of the night, we were in a pub in Leicester Square and we just turned to one of those and said, like, can we pray for each other? So we're just in the middle of this pub uh, in Leicester Square and we just lay on, lay on hands to each other and just go, like, God, would you bless this guy? Would you build him up in the faith? Would you show him more of you? Would you give him more joy? Would you give him more peace? We need to have that in our lives if we are going to take on that baton, if we're going to move forward. We need to have those people kind of shouting us going, go forward, go and do amazing stuff for me. So investing in one another is so important. Um, if we're going to be moving forward in the people of God, we need to have those people behind us saying, go for it. One of the reasons I showed the video of the relays at the beginning was that we can kind of see this as a picture, a process of, you know, there's um, Bolt and he's running with the baton passionately and like trying to beat everyone else. And he's passing on the baton to Powell. And, you know, Powell is already kind of running and, you know, he's trying to get, he's trying to make sure that he can keep up with him and pass on this baton. And we need to be a people like that, you know, if we've got this faith, if we've got this love, if we've got this thing that we want to pass on, we need to be running with our full passionate strength. And we see this, you know, throughout the Bible, you know, if you want to get some characters to read into about this idea of intimate relationship and passing on, we've got Naomi and Ruth. In that story, you see intimacy, you see love, you see encouragement. In the story of David and Jonathan, uh, David and Jonathan, they've just got each other's backs. It's like this amazing bromance that you can see between these two. And like, there's even one verse where in, in that story where it goes like, the love that these two had for each other was, like David says, it's better than like love from a woman. Like, it's just this amazing like closeness of relationship which can just surpass anything. And then there's Elijah and Elisha and there's this respect and this desire for anointing. You know, we are so privileged to have so many generations in this church. You know, I'm glad that we're not a church just full of 20-year-olds or 30-year-olds or something, or full of 70-year-olds, but we, we've got children, and we've got young people, and we've got adults, and we've got people are, that are wiser adults, being polite. Um, but that's the first thing that I'd like us to kind of get out of this passage is, who are we journeying with? Who do we call in our own way beloved child or beloved friend? Do we have that? And if we don't, let's try and look for it. Uh, second part, Paul, please. So there's the whole idea of moving forward and, you know, being fanned into flame. Uh, you know, Paul goes on to talk about Timothy's spiritual inheritance. You want to read, keep reading through the passage. And Paul goes on to talk about his grandmother Lois and his mum Eunice. And he gained their genuine, sincere faith 
this is so important for us because I think a lot of the times when we're moving forward in our faith or we're kind of going, you know, I've become a Christian, I've chosen this, we can kind of be like, okay, this is my own separate thing, rather than remembering where we've come from, what we are taking forward, and actually to embrace the past and embrace the values and embrace the good stuff and to take that forward into the future. Um, however, the more important thing Paul wanted to get Timothy to get at this moment was this idea of being released and to stir up the gift that God had placed inside of him. Who in this room has been prayed for or someone's laid hands on you and like blessed you in some way at some point in your lives? Cool. I'm liking the participation. It's great. Um, and he says, you know, like stir up this stuff that's been put, said over you. Stir up this stuff. Embrace it. Move it forward. And, you know, there's this idea of being fanned into flame. Or the Greek word, as I'm probably going to say awfully right now, is nadzupiero. If Moss is here, I'm sorry, good. I'm in, I'm in good to keep. He's not here. That's great. Um, so nadzupiero, that is how you say the Greek word. And, you know, this word is kind of split into three parts. There's Na, which is kind of this idea of being in the midst or among or between. Zu is this idea of a living thing, or actually, if you literally put it into Google, it says animal. But, you know, looking at the Greek dictionary, it is um, a living thing. And Piero is this idea of fire or fiery. The word that God has placed inside of us, the word that God wants you to move forward with, is this thing that's got to be in you. It's got to be living in you. And it's got to be something that's like fiery. It can't just be contained. It can't just be put in a box and opened up once a week on a Sunday. It's got to affect every little part of our lives and every person that we meet up with. The other night, I was um, it's about two weeks ago, I was walking back home uh, with a friend. And we kind of live fairly close to each other, but we kind of split off at one point. And I remember just talking to him and the conversation got onto about faith. And, you know, during this conversation, you know, he said to me, only in the last couple of years, he's about uh, 20 now, but he's like, in the last couple of years, um, I started to take my faith seriously. And for him, I remember as we kept walking on and walking on, I could just see this excitement building up in him. He just wanted to like, you could see like physically wanted to jump with this joy that he had found because it wasn't just this idea of, oh, my parents believe this and my grandmother believes this and my grandfather believes this. It was for him, it was real and it was true. And yeah, and for us, you know, when we get hold of that joy, we get hold of that hope, it makes everything so much more worth it. You know, when we move forward, it's not this idea that we're just kind of continuing the inherited faith of our parents. We're not just kind of doing worship and praying and feeding the poor and the hungry. It's not this idea of, oh, I'm just going to do that because it's a nice thing to do. It's, it's everything. It's everything. And it's so worth it. And I love for him, you know, he has got a great inheritance, you know. He's got great parents who love Jesus. He's got grandparents who love Jesus. But he's going for him and his generation. He wants to take on that baton and he wants to move forward. He wants to move forward. And I think for some of us, you know, we can go like, oh, have I not been able to do this for my kids? Or have I not been able to do this for this or that person? God never wants you to hold the blame on yourself. And I really want to release people of that today. You know, God has given us responsibility and he wants us to move forward. And if, you know, we've for whatever reason, someone's not chosen to move forward with Jesus, that's not your fault. God wants you to find those people in your life and to inf uh, influence and love them and bring them forward to him. 
It doesn't mean that we don't keep praying for our kids. We don't keep praying for our brothers and sisters. It just means that let's not get bound up in guilt. Like my dad was saying earlier, let's not be held by false guilt. Let's move forward in the spirit. And, you know, like from generation to generation or from like youth worker to young person, we want to kind of keep moving forward time and time again. It's like if the floor right now is what I have, and this is the kind of the, the kind of a foundation that I have given to my young people at this church or another church or to my kids. I want this, I want this kind of chair to be where I've got to. And then from like here, I want my kids to be, or my young people to be like, I'm going to move even more forward. I'm going to get up to here. And for it to keep going on from generation to generation, because that is what it's about. We don't want to be a people that kind of get to one place and go, that's too hard. We want to be a people that go, God, your kingdom has not come yet in its fullness. You have not come on the clouds yet. There is more and we can do better. We can see things like HIV and AIDS destroyed. We can see poverty eradicated. We can see God come and change nations. If that's not happened yet, there's still more. Amen? Amen. Uh, then, you know, to catch this faith and to be fanned into flames, it, as I say, it brings everything on another level. You know, when we pray and when we worship, it's a thing of utter joy to us. It's a thing of, I'm just getting closer to Jesus. I'm just getting closer to him. And it's so worth it. I'm just so close to him. Or when we serve the poor, we're not even just serving the poor. You know, if you read Matthew 25, 34 onwards, it says that you are serving the living God. God says, you served me. When I was that person, you served me. It's a total game changer. And looking back at that video again, we see Powell. He's already running. He's holding his hand back. He's not waited for Bolt to catch up with him. He's going, you better catch up with me because I'm going somewhere. Uh, but he's holding back for that battle. He's holding back for the inheritance, the truth. And I want us today to be like, you know, are we holding back for that? Are we getting ready? But are we in our own right moving forward in the power that God's called us to? Yeah. And, you know, the last bit, and you want to get to the next slide, is living in power, love, and self-control. Now, if you want to look at verse 7, this is what it says. It goes, Paul says this to Timothy, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So let's say this together. God has not given us a spirit of... Let's say that again. God has not given us a spirit of? God has given us a spirit of? Love and self-control. So let's first of all talk about power. Um, Let's just clarify power in this circumstance. This isn't of you. This is of the Holy Spirit. The minute you want to try and walk around and try and convert people in your own strength, you will fail and you will look like a hypocrite in the process. God's, you know, in Acts 1 verse 8, you know, God says, it's not about your power. It's about mine. So this is what Jesus says to his disciples before he goes back to heaven. He goes, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's in Acts 1 verse 8. I don't want us to read this and go, I'm a failure because I'm timid and I struggle um, to stand up for my faith. Uh, I want us to realize that power is not from us. It's from God and God wants to give that to us. He wants us to move forward in him. This good gift he wants to give to us. 
Now, for me, like my natural disposition as a human being is not to make a fuss. You know, I could not tell you countless stories of when I've just kind of went, oh, I don't like what you've said, but I really don't want to say anything because I just, I'm not like that. I don't, I don't like conflict. But, you know, a few times, whether that been like at sick form in 2010 or back at school in 2008 or further back than that even, I, there was a few moments where God just kind of went, fan that into flame, say it, say it, say it because you love me. And, you know, I remember being in one class and this guy was just kind of um, just speaking down of Christians. He clearly didn't know a single Christian, um, but he was speaking down because all he had seen in the media was this. But in those moments, I was like, no, that's not true. You know, that's not actually true. That's not what we believe. And I was, you know, the only Christian in that class, but just able to say like, no, that's wrong. And to just show love and to maybe speak some truth and to give some better perspective into his mind about what this is all about, what we do here on a Sunday and what we do day on day is all about. So, you know, let's realize this, that power comes not from us, but from God, that we can rest in the promise that God says, just rest, take my Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy Spirit and move forward in that, enjoy that. Um, Let's talk about love, you know. If we learn anything, if we learn nothing else about our faith, we need to learn to love and not to love in the confines of the political scene or the accepted ideology of our time, but to love the unlovable, to love those who cause us grief, to love those who hurt us. Paul wrote in an earlier letter what love is, and this is what he says. This is in this is 1 Corinthians and um, verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And Jesus says, you know, in Matthew 5, 44, and in Luke 6, 27, 28, he says, love your enemies. This love that we're talking about as Christians, this is not an easy thing. This is not loving the, the lowly. Because I think actually as a society, we've got to that point. We want to love the foreigner. We want to love people, especially in London. It was such a privilege, actually, earlier this week, I had a few refugees over. And we just kind of hung out and ate food together and had a laugh about kind of the weird ways the British people act and stuff like that, that they were kind of getting their heads around. Um, you, we've moved on a society as a whole, but actually God says there's another step, there's another stage forward. We need to love those who are causing us grief. We need to pray for them because actually if we do that, let's say if our prayers actually break down the spiritual boundaries that have, they've put up and put the physical boundaries and put the political boundaries up and God brings those and tears those down, that's going to cause peace. That's going to cause love and it's going to be worth it. Yeah. And the last bit is this idea of self-discipline. Taking hold of this baton of faith isn't easy. It takes self-discipline. It's going to take time in us praying. And that, I really struggle with that, you know. Like, I've, I remember talking to this guy a few years ago, and he was saying, like, oh, Steve, you know, just need to spend an hour a day solid, you know, praying to God. I do it, and it's great. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I don't do that. Um, but for me, I've been challenged time and time going, like, what, where can I start? Because I want to get there. I, you know, I, I can sometimes, I'll have these moments where I've just breakthrough and I'll be able to pray for like an hour and a bit. Um, but often, like, that's a real struggle for me. And I want us to be in this room going, I want to get there. I want to be filled with that. 
I want to be filled with that kind of passionate love for people that I just want to keep praying for them and praying for them and seeing stuff broken uh, and then renewed and restored. It's going to take time loving people. You know, we can't live this life as Christians and kind of keep it to ourselves. And it's just this kind of little personal, private relationship. If we continue doing that as a church, the church will be dead in a generation. It's going to take loving people in a way and working with people that are totally unlovable. Because actually, if that person gets saved, if that person gets their whole lives transformed, it's going to make a radical difference. This is what God's called us to. It's not easy. It's going to hurt us. And it's going to make us cry, but it's going to be worth it. So, you know, let's just hold on to this, that this worthiness of living, this pursuit of living, this purpose in our lives that's more than anything we could ever do. And for some of us this year, we need to enter 2018 with our hands stretched out in front of us with this, our baton of faith. We need to run with those under, under our influence and encouraging them to move forward. Like you saw Bolt in that video, he was running alongside power. Even when he didn't have to run anymore, he was still running and going, go for it, go for it, go for it. You're going to make it. You're going to win this. And Powell, and some of us need to be like Powell and in 2018 enter running and having our hands stretched out wide behind us but also running as fast as we can and receiving from those that have gone before us and then being fully released to take on the baton of faith and go further than they could have ever gone. You know, this is not about one generation doing amazing. It's about both generations working together and seeing God do big things because the minute we forget about the old generation, we're not going to see any amazing stuff happen because we've lost something important the minute we run you know the old generation forget about the new generation go like you can't do this they we just lose the point of it it's going to take risk it's going to take heartache it's going to take a lot of love and a lot of patience but god says you know it's going to be worth it i'm just going to pray quickly and let's just yeah let's just wait for a second just for the holy spirit to speak to us Yeah, Jesus, I just thank you so much that you love every single person in this congregation. I thank you, Father, that your heart is open wide to them. I thank you that you don't want to see a single person miss out on your blessing. And Father, I pray for us in this room that have influence with people, Father, that we have those that are kind of under us in some way. Lord, we want to pass on stuff. We don't want to hold on, Lord. We want to let go and we want them to be released, God, into the purpose and the promises you have for those people. And Lord, I pray for those of us in this room that want to move forward, Father, that they want this. They want to run forward in the faith, God. Let them have their hands open wide behind them. Lord, let them take on those values, that vision, that mission, and to see greater things happen, to go to the next level. And Jesus, I just really pray that you'd speak to us right now. Lord, that you'd renew in us a passion for your name. That, you know, at Zupiero, Lord, this idea of being fanned into flame, God. That, yeah, you would just totally fan us into flame in this room right now, Father. That we enter 2018 in a victory and a love for you. A love for you. So let's just listen to these lyrics and maybe halfway through, let's just kind of stand up and sing along together. Because we're going to do this as generations. We're not going to do this as the future or we're not going to do this as the past we're going to do this as the past the present and the future every generation getting involved seeing god do great stuff because that's what he wants for us that's what he wants for his church
thinking when Stevie was speaking of um, something we did last year, uh, had some, or a year before, had some candles, we all did a candle, put them in sand in a box at the front here, and then they started to burn down, and uh, the plastic um, tray that they were in caught fire, and there was almost no putting it out, and we just need that fire, not just, if you just got a dimly burning wick, Jesus isn't going to blow it out, but let's not be content to always just stay with a dimly burning wick, but let's believe that the power of the Holy Spirit can fan us into flame, and we can be there to encourage each other, we can blow on the flame, or you can just be there and put a hand uh, around to guard the flame from being blown out, do everything you can to fan into flame what God is doing in our lives just finish with a verse from the next chapter Timothy my dear son be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus you've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses now you teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will also be able to pass them on to others it's a great plan what we've received pass it on and who we pass it on to encourage and pray for them to pass it on to others and the gospel will spread in the whole world if we do that amen amen thank you thank you stevie